Greetings, everybody. It's the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox beside me. we got the coach back in the house, Dan Spivey. Glad to have you back after a great weekend. And I uh, hope you guys had a weekend win as well as I did. I know Stan did a lot of traveling down on the beach. I went up uh, to the mountains once again for a train show, a uh, model train show up there in, in uh, Fletcher, North Carolina. And went over to Brevard to the bakery there and down to Hendersonville for another bakery and then back home. So, yeah. <laughs> Trip filled with lots of Danishes and things. So that's that's, a, that's that's the way to do it. That's North Carolina living for you, though, Bo. That's a fun time. So. Uh, and then, uh, you, Chris, you must have been glued to the screen because you sent me all kinds of stuff this weekend. I was stuck at home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, you get stuck at home, you can't get out and do stuff. So I just, it was what it was. Yeah, I mean, but a good weekend of sports. I mean, a lot of things happening around the area. Lakeland's is big. Uh, like I said, I know you're going to tell us about We had a couple of Lakeland's kids that went out and did some wrestling. And, and uh, a, a few? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You're going to have so bunch. many to talk about for the Lakeland's. It's unreal. So. Yeah, this is a bunch that are there. Of course, we got baseball and basketball to talk about as well. The basketball playoffs ended up um, continuing on this weekend. For the state of South Carolina and high school uh, sports, I mean, this was just a weekend of weekends for the most part, as far as championships and things went. So we'll dive into that a little. Um, we've got uh, you know baseball kicking off with the um, uh, Emerald Tournament that is going on as of right now. Of course, we're talking about the uh, uh, Century Fire Protection Tournament that is happening. So that continues on this week. Uh, they had three games over the weekend to go along with that. Um, so we'll tell you what games are coming up here. We may even do Thursday show. As a matter of fact, uh, I've been thinking about it going out to Emerald and possibly doing it out there as they get ready to take on Mid-Carolina this coming Thursday. It'll be the late game at 7.30, but um, should that's be fun. fun. We could see 96 yeah. and Clinton play before then. I, that, that, that'd be a good – yeah, that's what we'd look at doing, yeah. It'll be fun to see. So we'll we'll see uh, if we can't get set up out there and you guys come out and, and check it out as well. Watch party. <laughs> by the way, uh, I drove by Emerald today. I did too. They are laying the um, footwork for the press box right now. Yep. They were pumping concrete when I yep. came by. I still so, be looking yeah. at the school. <laughs> <laughs> well, they still not through with the front entrance yet. No, yeah. it, but it is starting to take shape yeah. and looking good. And like I said, we all hoped it would be ready before school started, but it wasn't. But it's going to be a unique process. And it's just, like I said, it's got pushed back for a couple of years. So. Things can't be what they want it to be, but, I mean, I, I still assure you this is going to be a pretty nice place. <laughs> it's going to be great. When it, man, it's going to – I mean, they're, what, uh, seven months now away from the start of the football season, they so they got, yeah. so they got some they got some work to do. But I'm once excited they, once they get that footing down, it'll go fast. It could yeah. be outside. It could be outside doing games outside for a while. I, You know I love that aspect until the rain hits, but <laughs> somebody could have a fun time over at Emerald this year. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the aspect now. That that Sonny has ended up being sold of actually going uh, and seeing some games and actually being you know going and seeing some of these other teams, some like those teams, yeah, yeah, that we get to talk about and stuff. So, but we'll dive into all that when August gets here. Yep, yep. <laughs> let's see what ends up happening. Well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about. Uh, what did happen uh, up there in Anderson at the uh, sports complex, all kinds of folks that were up there for the girls, the 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, and 5A, individual wrestling state championships that went on. And when you look at it, uh, 96 had a couple of, of great wrestlers that ended up uh, winning once again. P.J. Rushton, the senior up there, um, you know, he defeated uh, Ian Valiceno. Uh, in this one, I think it was by decision six to five is what I've got uh, that is there. So he ends up with an individual state championship. I believe this is his first, correct? 
I think, I think he's come right. in second several times. Yeah. I think this is his first um, to go along with that. Senior Frank Taylor, though, he's no stranger to it. He won uh, in the 157 weight class over Dixie. Uh, Andrew uh, Slotsvus um, is who he ended up uh, beating, uh, you know, uh, eight to nothing in that one. But, uh, you know, Andrew ends up taking for Dixie second place. So he gets the runner-up spot to go along with that. And then for Greenwood, you know, Carson Howell, Howell uh just a stud. <laughs> you know, I, I got to go back and watch online. You can go back online and watch it at uh, Wrestler SC, I think is uh, the name of the website. Uh, so I got to see all these, all these guys end up wrestling. But Carson, from the get-go, is the most aggressive wrestler I think I've ever seen wrestle um, in any of any of the watch or any of the matches I ended up watching over the weekend. So Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think if you're starting a program and you want to know how – you, you don't have wrestlers in your program yet. you got to figure out how you want to teach a wrestler to start. Carson Howell's probably the guy I would go to and say, this is my go-to guy. Because, he, like, like you say, he starts out just from the get-go, just going at you. And you better be ready. <laughs> because I'm telling well, you, this, this guy is a dog. Yeah. And this is third. This yes, is his third. third. And, and, and he's, he's just a junior, yeah. so he'll be back trying to go for number four next year. Yep, but the good news is he beat a, a Greenville wrestler in Donovan Hawthorne um, uh, rather easily. As a matter of fact, by technical fall to, to go along with that, he was leading eighteen two before the fall ended up coming. So, uh, with that, and then uh, our girl Kennedy Washington, she goes in wins the one ninety pound weight class, ends up beating uh, Naya Brunson out of South Florence, um, and that was by a decision three to one. So, those are all your first place winners. We had four championships that ended up going had some folks that ended up being close uh, greenwood's uh, eliza ricardo in the girls 125 class she ended up wrestling it for that championship match against clover's uh Kalisa gardner um that was a uh, technical fall at the 143 mark that was there angie molena and uh, girls 130 weight class uh she lost a decision 12 to 7 to uh taya mack mm. out of blythewood um, who ended up going 3-0. and uh, My boy Bryce uh, Seaborn, I thought for sure Bryce was going to end up pulling this one out. Uh, he ends up going to a technical fall at the 323 mark in this one over East Side's Peyton Schrader. And I thought for sure he was going to be able to get Schrader. When you watch the match, Bryce did everything, as far as I know, everything right. It was uh, the persistence of Schrader to come around and end up scoring a few points, and then he got uh, the better of Bryce there towards the end. But it had uh, Owen Sargent, who ended up winning a scholarship in the yeah, process of all that. this. Um, he went, he loses by decision 2-1 to one in the championship match that uh, went to Hartsville's Jackson Chavis. Uh, who ends up winning it at the 285 weight class? So, um, you but, know, those, but Tony, you really lose if you end up with a scholarship. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> do you you want to stay Tyler? Mom and Daddy are happy. Exactly. Yeah. So, do you really? You don't have the. You don't get the championship, but you come home with Scott's huge man. Congratulations. And then um, uh, for '96, uh, Brian Witherspoon, he ended up. Uh, uh, in the championships match, he, unfortunately, he fell to Liberty's Bray Kane in a decision 4-2 to two in that one. And we mentioned Dixie's Andrew Strafus uh, at the 157 weight class, losing to Frank Taylor from 96 uh, that is there. And then also Dixie's uh, Pat Bayer in the uh, 190 class in, in 1A-2A goes to the championship match. And he uh, fell at the 528 mark to High Point Academy's uh, Sad Gustavo. Ooh. So uh, that is there. And then Abbeville, they had uh, a championship match as well. Uh, Gavin Calhoun came close, uh, ends up going to technical fall, losing to Buford's uh, Tucker Bowen. But, I mean, you take the runner-up spot, that, that's a fantastic job all the way around. The thing, too, and, and 
you know, some of these these wrestlers too, they they don't want to let you know that they're injured for fear mm. that you're going to take them out. So, <laughs> you know, I, I've seen you see them wrapping, you know, all kinds of of elbows and wrists and fingers up and things of that nature. So, um, you know, congrats to all those. Also, we got some third place finishers. Uh, 96 is Drew Timmerman in the 106 weight class. Ends up taking third. He beat Shiraz uh, Derek Isaac in technical fall at the 120 mark. Also, Mac McGee from 96. He won third place over Dixie's Lucas Young in the 215 weight class. That was by technical fall at 126. And fourth place finishers, Dixie uh, Lucas Young, we mentioned at 215. Um, 96 is Ryan Rushton at the 113 weight class. Uh, ends up taking fourth place there. Um, he filmed by decision six to five to North Central's Lewis Noya. And then uh, Ryan Jones from 96 also took third place in the 144 weight class. Uh, that was by decision six to two. He ended up beating, um, uh, being beat by Reese, uh, Isaac Reese out of Liberty in that regard. Liberty had a good team this year, by the way, because, I mean, you can tell they three or four right there that, that pulled – two of them pulled upsets. But yeah. – uh, you knew it was going to be a great tournament. You knew it was a great spot they were having it at. I didn't like the basketball so far this year. Um, so, um, all in all, we knew the Lakelands were going to be well represented, and they were. Yeah. And uh, we can't wait till next year. Yeah, I can't. I, honorable mention, too, uh, well, Luke Howell. We're talking yeah. about yeah. Carson's younger brother, who is, what, only a freshman? Yeah, I think so. Um, ends up taking fourth place in the 126 weight class by uh, uh, losing to Antonio Pere in that uh, uh, third-place match. He probably credits it, that so. to probably having to fight his brother at practice every day. <laughs> Move up in a weight class, and that's probably <laughs> what he is. From 126, wrestling 190 class. <laughs> he credits yeah. that. To yeah. That's the wrestling at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need to check with Dad about that. <laughs> that and that's trying to get to the dinner table and get what's left. I need. You know, that would be a difficult because our dad's a pastor, so that's going to be an interview. I'm going to see if I can't get him on podcast maybe. In, in the near future to see what about both kids and, and everything going on because, like I said, that's a name that's been synonymous for a couple of years now in the Lakelands. And uh, one more year left for him. I'm excited to see what he can do that last year. You go four years in a row, win four state championships. That puts you up there with the uh, with the man. Savankas yeah. in, in the Lakelands, uh, basically. So that would be exciting to see what goes on. I'll see if I can work on that for you. <laughs> All right. Had some other things that were going on. Uh, golf got underway or is underway, once again, one of the spring sports for the guys. Uh, they end up, uh, Greenwood's men end up beating 96, 143 to 199 in this one. And you look at uh, Junior Kenyon Farmer. He led the team and shot a two under uh, 34. Solid. That is solid for nine holes. Senior Josh Brown ended up shooting under par at 35, and then rounding out the scoring, you had uh, Cameron Addis with a 36, and Adam uh, Knox ended up with a 38. So there you're starting. Starting uh, uh, four to go along with it for Greenwood. Of course, their next outing is coming up today. They're going to be at the Red Raider Invitational at the Greenville Country Club. So oh, wow. That's a good, that's a good spot. It's a fun, fun yeah. course to go along Coach with. Coach Witt's going to have fun with this team this year. I can already tell. <laughs> <laughs> he might. And then uh, baseball going on as well. Uh, Greenwood's been involved in a tournament up there in Greenville. And then Emerald is hosting their own tournament. They're the part of that 24-century fire protection tournament that got underway on Saturday. Uh, they start again tonight uh, over at Emerald. I believe you got Mid-Carolina taking on Clinton. Tomorrow, Emerald is at home taking on Fox Creek. That's a 6 o'clock start. Wednesday, you got Carson Newman taking on Fox Creek. Thursday, two games, 96 at 5 o'clock, taking on Clinton. And Emerald gets Mid-Carolina at 7.30. And, of course, Friday is a rainout day. 
Saturday if you need it. And then the championships will happen on Saturday. We'll find out who's first, second, third, and fourth. I love it, man. A whole week tournament. Start, starting yep. on Saturday and rolling through. I love it. It does. Tickets are cash only at the gate, $7. Um, day passes are 25 for the entire tournament if you'd like to go. And they're only good at uh, Emerald High School, I believe, the Strom Thurmond sites as well. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. But Strom Thurmond's kind of it's like two tournaments going on at the same time kind of a thing. So Yeah, I keep up, like as I say, with Lakelands. I saw the, the Strom Thurmond girls pulled a – We'll call it a four clip this weekend because they beat four teams that were basically bigger schools than they were, and they went in down to Aiken and and uh, they pulled out a big win down there. So expect big things out of the girl, the ladies of Strong Thurman. It's gonna be fun to watch when this softball and and baseball season actually does get underway. Right now the tournaments are, are going on, and this is a chance for the coaches to kind of evaluate the players and where they want to put certain people certain ways. Although I think Matt Baker and and uh, Coach Mack have an idea of kind of what they what they want, but you get a chance to see where some of the other players would actually excel at. And, and there again, you got uh, you might have some injuries going on right now that just starting out the season that you got to put players where they're not used to playing, but they see they can play it. And I know that's happening at Greenwood because I I had a chance to talk to Coach Hype. I mean, um, Coach, but um, both of these teams should be fairly competitive year. I mean, this year they should be a pretty good. Both teams should be pretty good this year. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, and, you know, Greenwood should pretty much, what, win their region. I mean, they're projected to win their region. Well, right? they're going to have their usual two that yeah. they got to always. It's like every time you turn around every sport, they got to compete with the two or three teams. But this year's Greenville team's down. So that's a start. And then, like I said, it's just the other two teams yeah, in, in our region. with Westside and Easley are yep. going to be your other ones. And I think Easley's going to be a very tough the, – the kid that played quarterback for Easley is a pitcher also. Slaughter, mm-hmm. something like that. You remember he had a really good arm in football. And uh, I think he started with a no-hitter this weekend when they played up – They played. I think they played in the tournament in Greenville also. Mm-hmm. And he started out with a no-hitter. So it's going to be tough. I was down at the beach. <laughs> so you didn't see baseball. <laughs> and uh, – out off International, where the ball fields are, that's right behind my oldest daughter's neighborhood. Well, we got up Saturday morning. The wife said, I don't feel like cooking, but I want you to just run up to McDonald's ground. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I get in the car. Ball game's already started on two fields. People packed me in. I get up to the McDonald's. I go inside, place a lady in front of me. And they just keep bringing out bags of biscuits and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? You leave some for us. Yeah, I mean, the bill, the lady was over $200. I said, she's feeding one of them baseball teams <laughs> getting ready to play. But uh, it is. It's that time of year, and tournaments going on everywhere. And like you say, this is the time where these coaches are finding out what they've got. They can play anybody they want to, anywhere they want to, and because it's just a tournament. It, yeah, it, everybody knows you want to win and bring the trophy home, but you're getting ready for your season and your conference and regions, and this is where you find out. This is what separates some some players from being that 
number one pitcher to be and regulated to number two. <laughs> well, now, Tom, is Greenwood in the tournament that's at the beach that they have every year? Is Greenwood in it again I, this year? I don't think they, they are. There are so okay. many down there. It's, they've, they've been there Dixie's, three years in a row. I was going to say, they played Blythewood two of the three. So. Dixie used to go down there all the time with the baseball. The softball's been down there one year. I don't know if Sam's taking them back down there this year or not. But usually they go – during spring break right. week. And that's just not preseason, but they go spring break. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have to check with all the schedule and see who's going where spring break. All right. So, uh, as of right now, um, that Palmetto Spring Classic is what's going on. And uh, Greenwood ended up playing T.L. Hanna on Saturday. I don't know the results of that yet. I'll have to get it. But today they play at T.L. Hanna against Woodmont. And that game will be at 5 o'clock. And then Wednesday they play BHP at 5 o'clock. And then um, after that they got some non-region games that they end up playing is when things start getting real here on Thursday, March the 7th. So week left of – Getting ready, Getting and then ready. Yeah. we're going to hit it. Full-fledged baseball. Now, yeah. now that that's high school. Yeah. Now, our college boys, they've been playing now for a while, <laughs> and the big rivalry weekend's coming up next weekend, and both teams had a game this week that they just kind of loved above, I guess. I mean, they, right. did, they didn't know if they were playing baseball or <laughs> tiddlywinks on both of them. And it happened on the same day. Yeah, that so was a weird, weird thing must have been on. going on. It made me feel better since y'all <laughs> you sent me what you sent me in. I mean, well, both of them were just one loss yeah, now, well, you know. And, well, and, and, you, and know, you can the, expect it this time of year. Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and Clemson and Carolina are two teams we're talking about, but we can't forget about Coastal. I mean, weird things are happening down there, too. If you right. play at Coastal, you better score 30. I'm going to tell you that right <laughs> off the bat. All right, before we get into these games, we're going to want to talk about these a little more in-depth here. But we're at Howard's on Main and Uptown. Greenwood, come by and see Howard Corley and his staff. Uh, they do a fantastic job out of here. Two ladies today, they brought me out my 52. Um, went back to that, to standard today. So You need to wear your jersey wondering. with it, though, so I probably got your number right. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> So uh, got that going on. Clyde is here as well. He'll help you out, and B-Rad will be coming in here for happy hour. And then they've got some great music events that ended up taking place. From what I've told, Thursday uh, went really well with the newcomer coming up here on the stage at Howard's on Main. He brought a crowd, and that's not unusual because I think you're right. I think the kids from Abbeville, and like I said, there's a couple of little clubs over there, like Indigenous Underground and two or three other ones over there on Trinity that are really good little spots to go to get your little happy hours. You know, you and I like the little happy hour finger food type mm-hmm. deals. We, I need to call over and see. David wouldn't mind us probably throwing a podcast over there somewhere and just checking out the new little venues in Abbeville on the square still. But, uh, yeah, good times. I think this weekend coming is going to be pretty good on Thursday, Friday, Saturday here. Um, I know it's going to be pretty good across the street as well. So keep checking our page, my page, and I keep saying Howard's, uh, my page, and keep checking Howard's page, you know, tell you where, where to go and what time to be there. Yeah, Howard's on Main on Facebook if you go in there. They do a great job of keeping you updated not only on the entertainment but the specials and uh, extra events, as they like to call it, that are happening as well. And so. keep watching the special because he's been changing up a little bit. Yeah. Little they bit. changed yeah, it up yeah, last yeah. Thursday. Day it was barbecued. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Stan wasn't here, and the first nope. thing that Tom says was, Oh man, where am I twice bait? <laughs> and I said, Wait a minute, is that a barbecue sandwich? He's like, Oh yeah. I was like, yep. He must have had a Boston butt to get rid of. 
<laughs> but anyway, I'm sure it was awesome. Like I said, I've yet to have a bad thing to eat here at Howard's. I mean, not. You're not going to be served bad food here, so, so come on in. Yep, Come on, my see you good folks here. Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. All right, let's head on into the college aspect. You, we'll start with Coastal because <laughs> I sent you, uh, in the first inning, I sent you what one of the, the guys had put on the, the Coastal Facebook page was, hmm, it's already 12 to nothing. We're just now getting to out of the first inning, and I've still got a whole baseball game to watch in this one. They end up scoring 25, um, and, you know, and to match their number of where they're ranked as well, number 25, scoring 25 in a big win on Sunday. That's your third over 20 or second? Uh, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think know. it's their third game over 20 runs. Yeah. I think it is. I know the first game was like 25 to three yeah. or something like that. And they had one that was like 22 oh, to okay. – then they have one that was like twenty-two to ten or something like Maybe that. Maybe twenty-six, seventeen, nine, and twenty, I mean, twenty-five yeah. to two. Was they're lighting it up down there at the beach? I guess it's a little bit warmer down there in the bats. The ball. I don't know, man. A little bit more. That breeze and that wind and them hands. I'm telling you, you better wear double gloves when you hit. Yeah, you know, and Duke had their hands full. Uh, as a matter of fact, they ended up. Uh, beating Coastal 5-3, to three, but, I mean, still, you take the number 12 team in the nation uh, down to the wire. Um, I mean, that's, that's they're playing really good baseball at Coastal Carolina right And Duke's now. an ACC, pretty much a really good team. Their favorite, yeah. You know, potentially is always a favorite to win that conference. So, that was a good series for the weekend, I can tell you. Yeah, and Cincinnati's not a pushover team at no. all. Um, no. You know, they went to, to uh, a, region, a regional last year and, and you know, that's <laughs> bad luck for them all the way around um, to go along with it. But that was part of a three-game stance uh, uh, that took place down there with Illinois, Ball State, and Cincinnati. You ended up playing a, kind of a round-robin deal all three days. Sam probably got in that traffic, too. <laughs> yep, it, they were everywhere, I'm telling you. So, you can tell baseball season and softball season have started down there because they're everywhere. I tell you what else they had there I missed. Tom Cameron, I have missed another one. A polar plunge oh, right man. in front of the hotels and everything in Myrtle Beach. I missed another one, man. <laughs> I have got to start All hitting right. these polar plunges. We're going to have to. That and the pickle festival is coming up yep. here, so we, we got to go to that. April something. April 27th, <laughs> I think. Haley's already looked up for the <laughs> 19th yeah. time. Yeah. we got to go to Spivey's Corner for the hollering contest, too, yeah. so that's coming up. He, well, he's a legend there already. So. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I, you know, the funny thing is, is I've been to Spivey's Corner. I've been to three of those hollering contests that are down there, uh, pig hollering contests. And they're a lot of fun. I mean, it's a good time uh, if you get a chance to go. It's three days of just complete chaos. <laughs> I believe I'd be pretty good down there. <laughs> just let it go as it is. But yeah. uh, Anyway, so those are some of the events that we got coming up. But uh, Coastal Carolina, again, do you think they advance? They're going to be, what, 2021, I think, after – you know, this weekend's uh, events. I think they'll move. Yeah, I think they'll I continue think they'll move to move big time. There were some other teams that took took it on the chin. We're going to have to see where. It's still early, and and these are those games that, um, and we talked about it off air, that, you know, the mid-majors are coming down from up the great white north, and it's they're going to throw their number one guy at you. And uh, for Clemson, the Carolina Coastal, you yeah you're at home, but and you're playing three different teams. That's but the key. You'll get you're getting three number one pitchers thrown at you in, in three days, so um, you you have to be ready. And evidently, these coastal guys know how to swing a bat. 
Well, like I said, it's coaches last season. I mean, they yeah. want to go out on top. Uh, and yeah. I, what's the best way to beat teams in baseball? Put ten runs on them off the bat and say, "Come get me." Because <laughs> yeah. when you, I'm telling you, when you put ten up, man, it's like setback. Then you sit back and wait on it, then because it's hard to score ten runs in a game. Yeah, but uh, for Coastal Carolina, though, they've got one guy that is really, really good. I mean, the, the others aren't bad. Um, but you look at Oliver Ellison. Uh, Ellison. Um, as of right now, he's 2-0. and He's got a 2.0 ERA to go along with all that. Uh, and also Henry Wenker has just been phenomenal. And those two guys uh, have been the kind of shutdown force for most of these uh, big games like Illinois and Duke. And like I said, uh, you're not playing just you know anybody. You're playing the Dukes and you're playing Illinois. You're playing top notch, you know, baseball teams. You're playing Power Five conference schools yeah. that you know, and you really don't know if you're going to be competitive with them or not. But here's that what team in the past down there at Coastal has shown you they can play with anybody. I'm going to write a little thing down right here. I want I want to keep up with something here. Ellison, and I'm going to go Cam. What's the name? Campanella. And for, Petri for the gang. I want to see which one has a better year out of the three of them guys. Because I'm going to tell you, whichever one does, those teams are winning. I'm yeah. telling you. So, yeah. if all three of those guys for both Carolina Clemson and Coastal can have really good years like I think they can, these teams – and don't forget about your College of Charlestons and the other ones either, like Siddle. Who expected Siddle to start out 5-0 mm-hmm. in baseball? Playing some really good teams. I mean, so – the state of South Carolina may be well represented again, and I'm, I'm not just talking about just on the scene. I'd like to get one to Omaha. Let's well, get we, two or three to Omaha. That would yeah. be nice. But we know we've got three that are definitely probably going to end up making the at least a regional. regional How yeah. many do you think will make a regional overall? Five, six? Over I don't see really – I don't see a whole lot of competition for Coastal. Now, I could be wrong, and it could be a James Madison out there just really good in baseball too. Um, uh, I just think pitching-wise and hitting the way they're hitting – I think they've got everything they want, and they got the motivation they need with the coach leaving. I think that's a guarantee. I think Coastal, to me, would be a guarantee. Carolina Clemson, I mean, I'm still – I'm sold on your coach. I'm still not sold on mine, but um, I, I really think both teams can do really well. But it's going to depend on the pitching and the hitting. And in the past, Stan, that's where we've had a little bit of issue. It's been with the pitching. Now, if we can keep everybody healthy and coming in, I think Carolina's a really good baseball team this year. And I think Clemson, if Campanella and them other guys can start hitting the ball and keep pitching the way they're pitching. Now, you can't have too many 18-1s. You got that one out of your system. Mm-hmm. Throw it away. Um, no more of those. And, I mean, I think we're going to be excited this year. And, and I just joke, we didn't even talked about some of the other ones like uh, North Greenville. <laughs> yeah. They seem to make a, a push every year for a championship also with, Lan- with Lanston ranks, Powell. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're in this area, man, you see really good baseball on a daily basis. I think North Greenville's playing Erskine in the next week or two. That would be a fun one to go to. Mm-hmm. To see how well that that they can they can play, I know that Augusta State just played Erskine, but I think it, it's going to be Langston Powell bringing the boys down, and then they go up for one game up there. That'd be fun. It'd be fun to see because you're going to see real baseball then, and Erskine better be ready. Matter of fact, uh, Coastal's next game is going to be fun because they got uh, uh, Campbell, who is ranked at uh, 21st in the coaches' poll, 25th in the AP poll to go along with that. That'll be at Conway, and last year. Coastal ended up beating them five to three. So they give us trouble too at Carolina. Here we so. come with another <laughs> Campbell big yeah. game coming up here early on. Early, then, early, and that's season. a big team too. They're, they're a big it's baseball a team matchup. Yeah. Ooh, four o'clock tomorrow. Wow, might, I might have to tune that one in. Yeah, 
just to see what happens. And then they got Liberty. Well, look down. We in, in, in honor of standing, he says he's already got to go back down there, so we might as well just go down and watch that ball again. <laughs> <laughs> and we can help him get his tires on his truck, and then we'll get back up here. But uh, I think that's what, <laughs> Sam's going to make a call see if we can do yeah. something outside the baseball field. There you go. So, uh. But that would be a great matchup. <laughs> that would be fun to go and watch and see. Is, this, is their fields uh, blue like their football, or is it – Natural grass. I think it's, it's grass. It's grass, but I think at times, I think tournament time, they do paint it. Uh, that I, teal. I, I, I can't remember right how, off. How can you drink all the time? Like you drink over there, and I, I got look at you. You know, I like I took a shower. It's called oh. a straw. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't hear. You also don't hear all the banging on the mic either. So I was just wondering. I'm like, I feel like I got out of the shower I, right here. That and I keep my beard uh, uh, real short. I don't. I um, don't have. Uh, don't gangly, have the whiskers kind of like you do. The gangly beard, so to speak. <laughs> it isn't as easy to top yet, but let's get it. All right. Um, uh, Gamecocks, baseball-wise, uh, Cole uh, Messina had two homers, four <laughs> RBIs to go along with it on Sunday. A big win for them. Uh, kind of a big way to respond against Belmont after losing 13-1. to They come back and beat them 12-1 to uh, in eight innings uh, to go along with, well, eight and a half innings, I guess you would say. The ninth inning was only one, but... Um, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, a great uh, way to go ahead and, and what do we always say? Win. Win. Win the series. We're in the yeah. series. Um, Cole doesn't listen to us because, look, I just said Thursday, Stan wasn't here. I said, it is going to be so fun this year not being called the yard cocks. And then Mr. Somerville decided, Cole Messina decides, you know what, I'm going to hit me about 10. <laughs> he and Petri, and I mean, I, I don't. Stan, I don't want to get into that again. I, I don't want to be the cardiac cocks again because of living and dying by long balls. I like hitting it together and everybody scoring in general and just regular baseball. But like I said, they're back to it again. Uh, they were cardiac on Saturday and they, they played lights out on Sunday. But uh, I think, I, you know, I don't mind the loss. I mean, you don't ever want to lose to a Belmont Avenue. But listen, you know, you're not gonna, you know you're going to lose eventually. And you're going against, like I said, probably their best pitcher. The fact that it was 13-1 is disappointing for our pitching, but I don't remember who pitched that game. You can tell me right now. We see, we'll move him to a Tuesday start um, <laughs> and see if we can get a little more work in uh, instead of being the weekend, the, the Saturday starter. But like I said, we got a couple – Becker's back this year, isn't he? I think so. Isn't he back this year pitching for the game, guys? Becker, I think he was the one that was injured last year. And so, like I said, we got get to get the pitchers back off of injury that we've had some out. And just play consistent baseball because once we get to you know our conference play, it's going to be difficult week in week out. So we got to have fun and win these games, and then you know you're going to drop one or two. Oh, Eskew was the one who was uh, the opening pitcher for that. So already Eskew pitching loss. tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. That's what, I'm going to go ahead and throw you into that slot. <laughs> coach, don't even worry about it. That man's pitching it, which he probably will be if you you know to be honest with you, because we still got to have a Saturday starter for the weekend. So. And all he's, I got, he's got, well, we got all, And all this is still, we're still young in the season, and, and uh, I don't think anybody really knows that this is going to be my pitching rotation, my Friday, Saturday, Sunday guys yet. We still got a few more games to play before we get to conference, and uh, when it really starts mattering. I was wondering how many errors we might have had in that game Saturday, but I'm going to let Mark talk to me. <laughs> Here's Mark Kingston, post-game from Sunday and what he thought uh, of the entire series overall along with that Sunday game. Obviously, the way we wanted these guys to respond today, we responded. Uh, 
we challenged them that, you know, yesterday everything that could go wrong went wrong, and so it's how you respond to it. And I thought Roman set the tone today. Uh, Kennedy Jones in the lead-up spot set the tone today. So uh, to get back to uh, the kind of baseball we've been playing all year, uh, after yesterday's disappointment, I thought was a great sign. So Kimball, Becker, Ganey, all were dominant, and that's, that's where you always need to start. Mark Kennedy got his first start there and drove in three runs. I know it's, you know, Belmont early, but does that maybe put him in the mix for more playing time? Sure it does. Sure it does. When when you play well, you play more. You know, that's just the way sports works. And we thought the matchup was really good today. He's a lifetime 400 hitter versus lefties. Uh, and we just thought with them throwing a lefty today, it was the perfect time to, to insert him there. Uh, we took two lefties out and put two righties in. Uh, and you've got to explore your roster. Early in the season, you've got to explore what you have. And uh, He's kept a very good attitude, you know, through the disappointment of not playing early, and it's great to see when guys get rewarded for that. You guys drew eight walks today just compared to two yesterday. How much do you feel like that kind of, like, sets the tone for what the offense can do with seeing more pitches, and obviously you guys were able to score a ton of runs today? Yeah, well, that's that's what our offense is about. It's about discipline. It's about driving the baseball, but... You know, sometimes walks are earned, sometimes walks are given. It's it's never totally clear which is which. Uh, but I thought our plate discipline was a little bit better today than it was yesterday. But I also think you know their their pitchers. Uh, weren't quite as sharp as they were yesterday, so it goes hand in hand. Uh, but when we are when we're getting on base, uh, when Moose is swinging it like that, when Petrie's swinging it like that, that's when our offense is at full capacity. All and right. So there you have Mark Kingston. Uh, some of his post game conferences uh, comments afterwards, and uh, I like the the nickname there, Moose. <laughs> With all that, that's when you know you got a baseball player. Mister Somerville, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and coach just said, "Don't worry about it. We are going to be the Cocks this year." So that's, I got you, Coach. I, the one thing I liked about it because I don't have the stats from the game, but he made a statement about when pitch it, when walks are earned or given. Yeah. So if you go back and you look at that thing, Carolina must have had a lot of walks Saturday in that loss. They must have given up a good many walks in that because he was like earned or given. And that's why you love an old former pitching coach coming out and just telling it like it is, mm-hmm. not worrying about what they say about it and just and, and get his point across in the press conference. So next time the officials hear that, they'll be ready. So um, it's exciting. Like I said, to hear that's the first time hearing Moose is going to be Coleman Cena's nickname. So um, I, that's good. He is a big kid. And Petri, he just does what he does. I'm glad to hear Becker is back. So, uh, And Coach is excited about the pitching staff. And that's one thing I hadn't heard for a while either, Stan. Uh, in a couple of years is, is that Coach is happy about his, what his pitchers are there. They're not injured. They're ready to play now. Well, of course, they got uh, Garner-Webb coming up tomorrow, and that's all before they face uh, the big rivalry matchup on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, you got, <laughs> got a good one coming with Carolina, uh, who is ranked. Clemson is going also is also ranked, and that's who's going to match it up. Of course, the first game will take place Friday at, at Foundry Park. Right, and yeah. then they move over to Firefly Stadium from there, and then back up they go uh, to Clemson for that third-round game. The only, the only problem with that is this weekend, if you look at the extended weather forecast, don't look good to get these games in. <laughs> uh, it's supposed well, to start raining and rain all weekend. Friday's usually going to be an early game. They'll yeah. usually play somewhat yeah. an early game and, on Friday. And it may yeah. be that the rain holds off long enough for them to get them in, and that's what that's the only thing we can hope for. But uh, I, I could possibly see the Friday game going to 11 or, or lunchtime to try to get it in if that rain's coming. Yeah. And that way you can set the Friday, the Saturday game for whenever you need it. Yeah. If it's going, you need it early on Saturday, you've got time to get the players ready to play it early and 
It's right up the street at, at Firefly Stadium. And then the fumble will be Sunday at Kingsmore. So, and that's somewhere that Clemson's held serve for a while now. So we really need to get that first one in second. You know, it's always gone that way. And I like the fact that they have added uh, Firefly Stadium and, and uh, Floor Field and into all of this. Floor Field, by the way, I'm, they got like bazillions of college teams coming in and playing over the course of the entire baseball season. Uh, I like how they and I think Firefly Stadium does too that they're incorporating getting the colleges involved and giving these other teams, uh, professional teams, an opportunity to kind of scout. You've also got that going on at, at Green Jacket Stadium uh, with some of the teams out of the Georgia area down there. It's, I know they had a whole list of things going on down there uh, with teams playing. And, I mean, the one thing I do like that, that Coach Baker has done really good about is he's putting our local kids that are now in college. He's even talking about now like T.J. Aiken. First college start was this weekend for Old Dominion. Had a hit at an RBI over the weekend. So, that's big news. You said Gardner-Webb. And they brought, tomorrow, yeah. And I'm thinking of a couple Greenwood boys that play at Gardner-Webb. I got to go get it and see who it is and keep up with it like that. That'll be fun, too, because you, when you got a local kid that's playing there, you automatically support them. Like T.J. Aiken going to Old Dominion. I mean, that's something that I got to do better at uh, and, and keep up with more and more of our players, Lakeland's players. And I know Coach Baker, Coach Height, they do a really good job with that. So should be fun. And like I said, that's a, that's a Tuesday game, so be ready to play. Should be a fun one, wide open. <laughs> Either way you look at it, I'm sitting here looking down the uh, Gardner-Webb roster as of right now, and we got some Miami boys, some Virginia guys that are in there, <laughs> some Charlotte folks. Uh, and we might not have – maybe it's football on the thing, but we uh, have some players. No, we got uh, Garrett Hodges is there. That's who it is. Garrett Hodges is there. Yep. So, yeah. um, uh, he, he, of course, went to Spartanburg Methodist for a while. Now he's up there at Gardner-Webb to go along with that, and I think that's the only one – so I double check here as I make my way down. I think that's the only one they've I got. I saw it. his dad was here today for lunch. So that's really a good that kid's a good player. He really is. I I kind of expect some maybe some minor league out of him uh, before it's all said and done for Garrett though. But it's exciting to have local kids playing. So and like I said, he he's got a fun time coming up tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> you know, if you've seen Garrett pitch. Um, you know, get ready for some excitement. Uh, he throws a pretty mean. I'll be pulling for the kid, man. I'll, I'll pull for the kid, man. I know they're, <laughs> it's going to be a fun game, but like I said, it's, I, I hate, I, and I knew there was, I, I knew that's who it was because I've been thinking about it the whole time. So, all right. Um, uh, other than that, uh, Clemson, uh, we move on there. They, uh, end up taking the series, uh, two to one over the Owls. Um, this was, <laughs> <laughs> this was another one of those games. They win the first, or they lose the first game on Friday, eighteen to one. It was eighteen to one, I think, in the seventh inning. I think is when they scored their the final two runs to make it eighteen. After that, um, you know, and Kennesaw State is 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 the real deal. Uh, you don't not sleep on Kennesaw, Kennesaw State, but uh, you know they had one extra base hit, seven to two, in that victory. Uh, up there on Sunday to go along with it. Uh, so defense ended up showing up again on Saturday and Sunday in order to come away with a 2-1 series win to go along with all that. But Blake Wright, again, delivering the game-winning RBIs. He ended up hitting a, a grand slam in order to go ahead and, and make it un, unreachable for the Owls to come back. And, uh, uh, you know, once again, you know, third baseman making a statement. Yeah, Blake, Blake solidified that spot. No, I think it's his. Yeah, by the way, Cam Cannonella, 517 is what he's hitting right now. His hitting streak got improved to 16 games as well. So, 
Yeah. He's got power too. So, yeah, that picture was the one I was talking about, Tom, for, for Kennesaw State that had pitched at Georgia that, that had moved down to Kennesaw State to pitch. And I mean, he pitched one heck of a game on Saturday. It wasn't. I didn't think he would do what you, what you sent me the text on. I was like, when I saw seventeen yeah. and one, I was like, ooh, it's bad, it's bad. But uh, Aiden Knack is going to be uh, kind of an, a new face that we're going to see. Uh, he's one of those transfers that ended up coming in, and uh, he threw six innings, just kind of really baffled the Owls overall. But uh, surrendered no runs, gave up just three hits and a walk in the process of all that. So it's good to see some new talent that's coming in that's going to provide a little relief. And that's what Eric was talking about on the little press after the game yesterday. He was talking about unexpected talent that was ready to go right now. He wasn't expecting this kid probably to midseason next year to be doing what he's doing and riding off the bat, boom. <laughs> and and like I said, when he went back, it's like a certain player is going to stick behind that player. So you'll be, you'll be seeing him a good bit this year. Yeah. The thing about these two teams uh, really and, and that – Coastal doesn't have a problem with is, you know, man left on base. I mean, Clemson has time and time again, it's been 8 to 12 that they have left on base over the course of a game. Um, and some of those guys are in scoring position in the process of all that. Yep. I know Clemson had the bases loaded uh, with one out and only managed one run out of all that. Well, I mean, each team, I mean, Coastal Carolina and Clemson had, that's a problem now more so for Carolina and Clemson instead of Coastal because they seem to hit more, but a little bit better together than, than both of our teams do. But that was what hurt us in the game against Belmont Abbey. I mean, we had three or four runners left on base, and they were at crucial spots and crucial innings. I'm talking about second and third uh, in both the seventh and sixth and seventh inning, I think. And um, that's, that's why I love small ball. And that's something I've seen from Mark Kingston already. You know, he's willing to try it because it works. He knows it works because his, his balls told him it works in, <laughs> in, in uh, the AD. But um, that's where I think we're going to do more this year at playing small ball, and that's to get it in. And that's something that I don't know that Eric Batchett plays a lot because, I mean, when he was at Michigan, he had a lot of power out there. And like I said, the wind blows like it does at Coastal in Michigan, plus it snows. But um, – you got. To, I think small ball is the way to get the runs in, and I think this year we're going to try to do a little bit better job at it. All right, so we'll watch uh, that game tomorrow. Uh, it should be a fun one. We'll see how all that turns see out. See who does what. Uh, where Coastal ends up going, uh, or I should say Clemson ends up, and how they do here in a midweek game. A little closer to home here at Lander University. They had a doubleheader on Saturday, and boy, uh, was it a lot of fun. Actually, it was yesterday. They end up winning 13-3 to in game number one, turn around in game number two, and then going 12-1. and The bats are alive right now for the Bearcats. So who's the pitcher? <laughs> and in the past, the pitching's where Coach Burks had some issues, and especially for you and I. But, um, yeah, we, but like I say, when you score in 11, 12, 13 runs, you're, you're going to win most games. And so, it, 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 Tom, it matters to get out there and put put runs on that board. It really does because it sets a tone for the pitcher as well. He can kind of go out a little bit more loose and play a little bit better baseball. So, uh, like I said, I've been very impressed so far with what Coach Burke's done. And I know it's been Erskine a couple games, but the last two series have been big wins for the Bearcats. Yeah, Luke Johnson, uh, the winning pitcher in game number one. Uh, game number two, the winning pitcher was Bennett Nance uh, to go along with that. But uh, over the course, too, when you look at uh, the players who had multiple hits, you've got three or four players that have multiple hits over the course of a game. Uh, and we're not talking just, you know, two. We're talking about three or four. And they're not at the cleanup. They're not at the top of the lineup. Yeah, you got yeah. two or three of them that are toward the 6-7 spot. So, like and, I said, that's, you, and that's what you need from those guys. I that's 6-7 holds them. They, they, they know – or you as a coach know, okay, these guys can hit. If we can get our one through five on base, we can score runs. 
and our one through five are going to be a little bit better, a little more selective. You may draw a few more walks, but you know, hey, six, seven, eight coming up. They good for a line drive single or CNI single or something. And we, if we can get runners on base, we can move them up and we can score more runs than the other team. And like you say, it when you jump out on teams early, oh, the pitcher loves that because then <laughs> he doesn't have to be perfect with every pitch. So if one gets away from him a little bit or he kind of grooves one and the guy gets a hold to it, okay, all right, there goes my no-no, but we're still in the game. So let's I'll throw the next one better. But, yeah, Wingate's one of those teams, too, that, in the past, they've been a, a top 25 team in Division yeah. Two. They're not this year, but still um, something that's different with Lander that, that has been what I've harped on is the fact of, of, of the middle relief. Uh, when they come in, all of a sudden there's a, a, a drastic change, and you're just trying to hold on for dear life at that point. doesn't seem to be the case here right now with Lander as they continue improving. I'm telling you, Tom, it makes a difference. Because, like, like – Let's just talk about last year's team. We I went to a couple of the games, and I told you, when you got your your cleanup guy and he hits a three-run shot to start the game, when you go out the bottom half of that first inning, that, that, guy, that guy's going to give you the ball. And he said, here, buddy, here's four runs. Don't yeah. lose them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you got that, that lead going in and you're pitching, I think it makes it a little bit easier. And if you, if you can get him through three to four innings of, of good pitching as a starter, and you do have to go to a middle reliever, I think the problem at times has been the, the the reliever that Burt's gone to. I think it's been more of a question of I'm not sure I got confidence in this guy or do I? And I think at times he second-guessed himself, and it's cost him with certain players going into the game and giving up the runs you're talking about. So this just looks like it might be a little bit different year for the Bearcats, and I'm, I'm loving it because it's, it's time coming. Yeah, it is. Well, they get uh, ready to go ahead and uh, start region or – I should say conference play. Um, Flagler's coming into town 5 o'clock this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. No midweek game. So they get uh, some extra benefits of practice throughout this week. Get to rest a little before conference play gets underway in the Peach Belt. But little PBC um, early. Yeah, it's yep. 5 o'clock games on uh, Friday and Saturday. And then the Sunday matchup is a noontime matchup out at Dolny. Dolny, man. Yeah, like I said, if you're, you're in Greenwood, you got nothing else to do, man, go to Dolny. It's a great complex to watch baseball in especially college yep um, and the Bearcats now on a two-game winning streak knock on wood they're 11 and 4 overall uh, hoping to go 1 and 0 maybe 3 and 0 by the time they get done with this weekend and I'm telling you that's the start they can get to Flagler's another team that you got to worry about in conference because they always have really good pitching it's like Flagler is one of the top in the pitch in the peach belt as far as the pitching goes so we're gonna have to come out and we're gonna hit the ball start early and, and just do our job on the mound and, and win the – start with game one, and then you, you end up winning on Saturday and Sunday. Then then, then you set the tone for, for the next series you got, and that's what Coach Burke's got to do. All right. Anybody I missed baseball-wise? Uh, I think I got covered just about everybody, about everybody that ended yeah. up – we didn't Big talk Erskine, but I don't even know they played this weekend. So I'm sure they probably did, but we didn't. I didn't talk. I didn't think about them. Sorry, guys. I'll get you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move to the round ball because ba- basketball is now getting ready to uh, kind of come and wind down a little bit. And the Erskine women's basketball team, the fleet, came up just a little bit short on senior day against North Greenville. Uh, they end up falling 42 to 74 uh, in Ooh. this one. Um, yeah, they're one and sixteen in the conference as of right now. But senior day, uh, you know, the seniors that they got honored was uh, Azina 
Cook. You also had Cameron Chandler, Savannah Cannon, Shanice Mitchell, Tyra Sullivan, and Chesney Eisen. So they've got, you know, what, five, six seniors? This will be a young team next year. we got to remember that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it was a pink out, a pink out to go along with it. The fleet's first uh, play for K pink out game that they've had up there. But Erskine donated all of its profits from that game uh, throughout the week and uh, the game as well to the K Yao Foundation for Cancer Research. So I think that was a great no move doubt. on their part no to doubt. go along with that. All right. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Clemson. Well, let's not talk about the Clemson women. Let's talk about the Gamecock women. Uh, they pull out another big win. Uh, Man, I was ready for a mandatory. <laughs> I don't even want to get into it because they should have won that game. They should have, Tyler. Uh, Amanda Butler got out coached in the last four minutes of that ball. But game. you tell me that every week. Man, come on. She was. They were within three, Chris. They were three minutes to go. They were within three, and they were down by eight, and, and built it back up to that. And then they end up losing by six. This is a rank team, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're, they're Miami, keeping that whole story. Miami, yeah, and I think Miami was a little upset that Clemson went down there. Well, beat them in that's overtime. what I told Stan. But, I said that was what the coach said. She said, "Look, they came into our house. We've lost one game this year, and it was to Clemson, and we got it back." She said, "It doesn't matter that we've lost the, the one at home yeah. now, but they got the red win and they they got the the rematch." So. Yeah. But the clock management and and the way she coached, she I will give you that. I will give you that. The last three minutes of that I will ball give you game. That. You know, you don't hold it with, with 44 seconds to go. You don't hold on to the ball and try to fight. I mean, you've got a set play, and you've got to go to the basket, right? I was disappointed in Ruby Whitehorn in that game because of the fact that, yeah, it became the Amari the Robinson show, and she's showing out. I want to see – I'm going to look it up and see here in a minute, but I want to see where she ranks in the ACC in scoring. I would say she's right there with Kettling for uh, Virginia Tech. She's right there with her because she's averaging about 18 to 20 a game. But um, another, you're right. It's a game you should have held at home, and she lost the game, and um, that was a tough one there because, like I said, this team's fighting to get to you know a couple games over 500, and it doesn't look like they're going to get it, and they're going to probably end up with a very tough seed in the tournament. Where you're going to have to win the tournament now, so that was if she even makes the tournament. Well, and that's, that's the, the key. Thing. She's got to get there first. I mean, she's got she's she's ahead of three other teams. She's mm-hmm. ahead of Pitt, Wake Forest, and she plays two of those. I think. Yeah, I think she plays two of those teams. So I mean, that was one that I hurt because it was a home loss. You're right, and it was that close of a game defensively. I, what I liked about it though, Tom, is the fact that it was 56-50, and she didn't let the Virginia Tech team get out there and score like they did the first game when it ended up an overtime loss mm-hmm. to the Tigers. They set the tone early, and they, and they, they beat them. I mean, there, wasn't, there was no doubt who was the better team in the game. And like I said, they held Robinson to, to uh, 24 points, and, you know, Whitehorn had 16. But all in all, just a disappointing loss. You're right. I'll, I'll give you that. And the players, I think, had to learn – how to guard in this game because the officials were calling you if, if you drove to the basket or anywhere around they wouldn't even allow you to touch them i mean that's how tight the officials were calling this game overall right. i mean and you look at miami they had how many players end up with three fouls because they would touch you know that little feel that to little see where they check. are yeah. and you know automatically the whistle would be blown so we know that game got away from them down there and they got to be where it was kind of between women's basketball, it was physical. Yeah. And that's what the rest of the officials don't want because I'm going to tell you, in some of the ladies' games, and I, I, I'm just going to be honest, I'm not a Caitlin Clark fan. And if she was to run by me for a layup, I'd probably grab her by the hair and just jerk her back down. <laughs> I, if I'm going to get my penalty, it's going to make you set It's going to be a flagrant. It's right? going to be a flagrant, too. And yeah, I'm not going but I'm not worried about it because my team's probably not that great anywhere if we're playing Caitlin this <laughs> deep in the year. But I mean, that's what the officials were worried about. 
and they did a really good job. I just like to appreciate in the Carolina game, the girls' yeah. game, not the guys' game. Um, the girls' game. I thought that that game could have really got away, to where you would have Kentucky players kind of vindictive and little trips every now and then driving the lane and stuff. But when you're shooting the ball like this team shot the ball yesterday, that's just unreal. I mean, like I told State, I don't think I've ever seen a team shoot over 65% from three points. Of course, we're talking about the Gamecocks as they beat Kentucky 103-55, to almost beat them by 50. Um, and Don wouldn't allow that. And this well, is a road game. Well, And this was a road game, and uh, they didn't beat them as bad as the first time they played them in CLA. <laughs> I mean, they beat them by 60-something the first time. So, Kentucky did get better. Uh, now, we will say that Carolina only scored 103. But that was without their six, seven All-American center playing not one second of the game. So, uh, and Stan, people are, people are are wondering, uh, inquiring minds are wondering, is it because she's got another one of these little pickup games with uh, who's she playing with? Brazil. Brazil. Is that the reason, or is it because we got to have her at the end of the year? I think going to playing the season that she had played, and then she gets a week. She has to fly to Brazil. I think they played three ball games within five days and included in that some travel uh, and then have to travel back. And, I mean, the day after she gets back, she's playing a game. And then, you know, three days later, she's playing another game. She was tired. And I think this is the second game in a row that Dawn has rested her. I think Dawn wanted to see, too, what – her other bigs could do and and with some pressure on them saying okay this is y'all's game i want and all all of the bigs from from watkins fagan kitts even walker yeah walker not playing much all all these girls are getting lots of playing time and the team has not dropped off so now Camilla will probably be back next game, fully rested. So who's going to get the next rest? Now, Pow Pow didn't play, but what, maybe 10 minutes yesterday? Uh, she might have 12. She, I think Dawn is rotating her starters and getting them that extra rest that she knows they're going to need going into Greenville and then going forward into the NCAAs. She's getting the rest hers, where these other ones, like Caitlin Clark, uh, the Van Lith girl down at LSU against Tennessee the other night played 37 yeah, minutes. You can't keep playing like that. Not when you start. Right now, regular season, you got a couple of two or three days, four days rest between games. Come tournament time, you're not going to have that rest. Tom, yep. this was impressive. He, he mentioned Fagan. Sonia Fagan, who has not played a lot this year, but she fills in for Cordoza, and strictly because she's our number yeah. two center. Yeah. 16 points, six rebounds, four assists in, in very and, good time. And uh, how many blocks? And six blocks. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's putting a lot on it right there. And he talked about Kitts, who would be our probably our third center probably. Walker was the one that was most surprised because she has the, limited, the least amount of minutes for the team this year. And she comes in and she puts up six points. Four rebounds, and she has six blocks. So you can see right now, just because Cordoza is not in the game, they can still block the ball. Then you had Chloe with 10, 5, and 1. Bree Hall, for me, was the key to this game. 18, 1, and 1. But she was 8 out of 10 from 
the field. So that's 80% shooting the basketball for Breezy Hall. And then you have Pow Pow, who he said yeah. came in and for, for the last or for three minutes. And in a minute, she hits three straight threes. And, I mean, they were bombs. They weren't just close up or anything. She was four or five in the field, three for four from three in that little <laughs> limited time. And then you have Raven Johnson, three for five, 17 points, three rebounds. Everybody got in that game. And like I said, you only had um, a Jay Patty for, for Kentucky that really did anything. She had 16, eight, and two. But, that, that when, like I said, when you're shooting 65% from the field, 68% from three, 50, uh, 37 rebounds at 28. I mean, you're not going to lose a game, even though it's on the road. The most impressive to me was it is on the road. Of all the games that we played this year, that's our most complete game on the road. I don't know. The one in pass when we beat Notre Dame, you go to Maryland. <laughs> well, we go to that one. Yeah, and, and Maryland. I mean, it's the same. I'll take same. Notre Dame. I agree with you. You know, it, I looked at it, and I'm saying, okay, <laughs> Cardoza sitting out. Every player that she puts in, there's a different, and I don't want to call it style, but a different little mojo or something that goes along with that person going in. But And now we've played far enough into the season that all these girls coming off the bench, the starters that are still on the floor, understand now what their game is, what their strengths are, and we're getting the ball to Watkins, and she's getting a lot of little layups. Six know. for six yesterday. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> when you have what the the one stat I saw, thirty assists Assist. on thirty eight made baskets. Thirty. Mm-hmm. Now you got to figure those other eight baskets, they were a couple of steals and layups. You take those out. I mean, there weren't too many times that Carolina brought the ball down that. That somebody, and it wasn't just the the guard. It wasn't just Raven Johnson. It wasn't Bree Hall. It wasn't this one. It wasn't. It was everybody. Three, four assists. It was Ashley Watkins yesterday. When, when you get <laughs> when you get six players in double figures, and all every player that played scored at least four points or more, and had three assists or more. I mean, it's. You, you, you sit there and say, how can this be possible? With, I mean, at some point in time, somebody's got to get jealous, but they don't. And you, you mentioned Bree Hall. I saw the stat. Over the last two ball games, last Thursday's game and then Sunday's game, she shot the ball 19 times from the floor. She didn't hit 14 of them. I mean, that's that's dang near 75%. If it's not 70, it might be over 75. I can't do the math that quick. She was 3 for 5 yesterday, and you're right. She was 4 so, for 5 so, the day before. So, I mean, and that's what you talk about, Chris. With every, Percentages. Every, Percentages. A, every player is shooting the ball well. And you can't just, like with Iowa, with Caitlin Carter, you can't, or LSU with Angel Reese. You can't just lock in on one player and say, we're going to stop that player. You might stop one, but there's four others out there, too, because this is a team game. <laughs> and I think that's where it's different from last year. I think last year we were kind of a Caitlin Clark team with Boston. Yeah. And we had the other girls on that team. Don't, don't give me – because, you know, Iowa was the team. I, I remembered 
well, I asked y'all first, but I remember I was who beat us last year and put us out. So I think in Nolan's mind, that's the team she'd like to see down the road. And I think it comes down, and that's the one thing I've seen with Big Ten women's basketball. And you see a lot of it because of Caitlin, and you got Indiana, and you got Illinois, and you got the other teams that are really good. They don't play defense. They 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 have that star player just got to get 30 or 40 a game, like Caitlin Clark. And team-wise, they don't play. They just don't play defense in the Big Ten in basketball. HCC is different. Kettling that's spread BT, the center, I mean, like you say, she's averaging 27 points a game, yeah. but she's also got seven assists, six blocks, 14 rebounds a game. So, you know, she's doing it on both step, both you know, on both ends of the court, offense and defense. So it's, it's shaping up for a really good year. But I, I just – I still feel like in my mind there's a team out there that can set us back a little bit. And I would rather – I mean, for me, I'd rather lose now yeah. than that last, in that tournament to Iowa again <laughs> or whoever. And that's what, you know, Stan, I keep trying to come up with. Who in the SEC can, can, can take us to that level? LSU's still the team that pops back in my head. LSU's about the only one, but they're only playing six players a game. Yep. And you get into a tournament time, and those six players, well, just like Van Leith. I mean, if she plays 37 minutes in two games, and then she's playing you in the state cha- in the championship game, how how weary are her legs going to be? Because she's going to have to play defense, and she's going to have to play offense, and the first thing that goes is your shot. If your legs go, your shot goes. I agree with that, too. The, the one that scares me is Georgia, and I'm trying to see if I got the stat sheet because we played them the other week. Um, but that's the team that scares me because that's the coach right there that don't care. She's the one that told her team, go get Caitlin Clark. If you hurt her, you hurt her. And that's who you don't need in the tournament, and that's who I don't want to have to play because that's one of Dolan's girls. Mm-hmm. The other thing is when they get into the NCAA tournament, uh, the thing is some of these lower – Ranked teams uh, mm-hmm. that are making it from yeah. some of these mid-majors and stuff. You don't know what they have. South I mean, that, that could be you, a big challenge you, for South Carolina there. Well, you don't know what they have, but the advantage that South Carolina is going to have over, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it, the field is that, just like what you said, Chris, if they get a player hurt, they got three or four sitting on the bench that will come in and they won't lose a drop. You let Clayton Clark go down. You let Angel Reese go down at LSU. You let some of these other girls go. The uh, what's the, the Kittling girl at Virginia? Pretty easy. Let her go down. With, and, and we're not praying for anybody to get hurt. Lord, I don't want to get with that mess. But injuries do happen, and and maybe maybe it's just a concussion that she's out one game. That Those games scare me what that, you're talking that, about. That one game. Think, when you think about it, we see it in the men's tournament all the time with the Cinderella yeah, that yeah, comes yeah, in. Comes and, in and just everybody lighting it up. Fairly Dickinson last year beats yeah. Purdue, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? South Carolina State two years ago. I mean, South Dakota yeah. State because we ended up playing them in the series last yeah. year. Yeah. So it was two years ago we played them in the women's tournament and – you know, great time, but like I said, those are the games you got to worry about. But you got to be ready, and I think this team's ready. Last year, I don't think we were ready like we are this year. I would be stunned. And then now he's already taking the field. Now, I don't know who I'm going to take now that he's took the field. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to go with the Gamecocks. But uh, like I said, that's going to be it, they're going to be a tough team not to take. I think this is a really serious team, and I think Dawn's done her best coaching job since she's been at Carolina. I'll say that. Well, what well, she's got, all the girls believe in, in each other. They, they all have confidence in each other. They all have confidence in themselves. They've listened to what the coaches have told them. Just like the little girl. They interviewed the girl the other day. 
Now, she's the free throw coach for the girls' team. What they do Sunday, Chris? Unreal. <laughs> you know, I mean. 72%. Yeah, I mean, so, okay, Dawn recognized she had a problem last year, couldn't hit free throws. I'm going to, my free throw coach is going to get better or she's going to be looking for another job. <laughs> they got better. How uh, many bench players come <laughs> off the bench and score 33 points? There aren't that many. Paul Wally 17 <laughs> yesterday and Fagan had 16. So, yeah. <laughs> That's but, two in that one game. You know, and it's, you know, maybe is this the ma- uh, magical year? You could say yes. I mean, they're still the only undefeated team in men's and women's Division One. And that's scary. 26 in a row. Uh, you got to go to Arkansas Thursday. Uh, should be a win there. I mean, and then you got to come home, and I don't forgot who they got when they come home. I'd have to look. That's what I'm uh, trying to find. But um, and then you go to Greenville, which is going to be basically a home a court home for you. Yeah, it and uh, is. I know the people in Greenville. Are, anytime Carolina's going to be playing, that that place is going to be packed. And uh, it'll be fun. Uh, but they got what two games remaining? Two games remaining. So I got, think the girls have two. The guys have four. Yeah, yeah. The, guys got, so, the girls got Thursday uh, at yeah. Arkansas. Yep. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and then they're home versus who? Tennessee, I think, because that's the one Don's always been harping on. Maybe Auburn. I know. We, well, we went to Tennessee the Sunday, other week, so it may yeah, be Sunday. Tennessee Sunday back. is Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Fayetteville, Arkansas, on Thursday tip off late though nine o'clock yeah, tip off. But you got to remember that's Central Time, so it's eight o'clock there. It's nine o'clock here. Got to play though. You got to go through that time zone change. Doesn't matter for <laughs> Carolina. It's still nine o'clock. <laughs> for, for us watching here, it's nine o'clock. It don't matter to them girls. Donald have them ready to play. And uh, all right, I don't think she's going to get out coached like Amanda did. No, that that's, that'd be very rare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're not even going to get into that. But uh, them, go ahead. No, and then we got to talk about the guys' games guys, here real yep. quickly. Um, uh, Clemson, they come away with a big win. Uh, over Florida State, they take care of business at home, which was even more impressive uh, in this one. 74-63 uh, was the final. And um, yeah, Brad Brunell, Chris, this time around, um, he called a timeout with about four to five minutes to go. And that was the last timeout that he called. They had one remaining. Florida State ended up using uh, just about all of theirs in the course of uh, the last minute and a half, two minutes, just in order to try to come back. But Clemson had a, an answer for everything in, 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 in making sure to steal the good win here. This, this Florida State team, I don't know what's happened to this team this year. I mean, usually Leonard Hamilton's a really basketball coach, but this team's not been very good at 14 and 12. Um, and, and for the Tigers, let me just say this. They basically did it without P.J., well, yeah, P.J. fouled out with a minute remaining. He so. fouls out, but he only scores seven. Yeah. He has two rebounds. Shefflin was just on fire. Though. Well, he he and Gerard. I mean, Gerard had 24. <laughs> but he didn't have an assist or a rebound. Yeah. That's where Shefflin came in. And most of his came with free throws. And that's what I got right here. I mean, 10 for 10 from the line at the end yeah. of the game. That's what you want. That's what helps. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say a mediocre team. Um, I, I still think Carolina Clemson are pretty much on the same bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ranked, whereas y'all haven't got your rank back yet, but I think you're close enough to where you could be receiving honorable votes. Well, they're or saying we may be a fifth seed in <laughs> Carolina and Clemson could be and fifth or sixth seed. And I still say that if you are fifth and we're a fifth, that's two scary fifth seeds for somebody. <laughs> well, well I, think, I think for Clemson, Clemson needs to win, and they need to get that, that 
turn, get into the ACC tournament and go on a little win streak and get deeper into the tournament than the first or second round. They've got to get on in. Now, that's only to help their seeding in the NCAA tournament. I feel like they're going to be an NCAA team, but just what seed are they going to end up at and where are they going to have to go, just like with Carolina, where we're going to have to go because you're not going to be playing at home, that's for sure, neither <laughs> one of us. So where do we go and who do we ma- who do we have and can we match up with those? And both teams, you know, you've got to carry your defense with you when you go. Um, Tom, I, I think this team's playing good enough to win an ACC tournament. I'll say that right now. Well, they've challenged the big guns. Your, your and they've beaten them. Your North Carolinas are, are struggling right now. And this is not the time, you know, you know Armando Baycott, Mr. Everything in the ACC, he's just yeah. kind of shut it down this year. He's not playing very well. Uh, Papowski or whatever, we don't know how, what a serious injury that is going to be from the little, little – yeah. when he ran into the guy, the guy ran into him, clipped him or whatever. But um, we don't know what kind of injury that's going to be. And, and like I said, Virginia is one of these cat and miles teams, kind of like Clemson, defensively play well, and then NC State pops up and beats the other night. I mean, it, it's wide open right now. I think in both conferences, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say SEC as well. I think it's it's wide open. I mean, you you look at the other night, you got a, a Kentucky and an Alabama team, both teams scoring well over 100 or right at 100 points. And that was a shootout. And Kentucky won it because uh, it was a home game. I mean, so that's what really matters left for the Gamecocks and the Tigers is you got to win your home games. And you got a whole serve, and then when you get to the tournament, you got to play. Yeah. I know this year, you know, we've never been really good going to, to Hoopa, Alabama, in baseball or basketball. I think this year, I think you got a different coach. That whole mindset's changed uh, from old Frank to, to Lamont, and um, I think that's a that's an asset to the game, Cox. I think we'll be ready to play when we go to Hoover, and I think both teams are going to be dangerous. So don't be stunned if both teams don't show up. All right, uh, Clemson. By the way, they are taking on Pittsburgh tomorrow. Uh, kind of a crucial matchup for both of these teams because Pittsburgh is right there in front of uh, Clemson. Clemson's in that four spot in the seat in the standings. Pittsburgh's in that number three spot. So this uh, this game could be pivotal for them either way that you look at it. But uh, that game going to be up there at Little John. So uh, they kind of return the favor. Looking forward to that. Got a whole home. Yep. Gamecocks, on the other hand, they smothered Ole Miss, 72-59. And uh, Zachary Davis, nine boards, 14 points. And got took out of the game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you do that? Leave the cat in, let him go. No, he got took out by another player. That's what yeah. – Stan and I are waiting to see what's going to happen to the player. He got ejected, flagrant two. But just coming down the court, you see B-Red standing right there, coming down the court, and I just took a clothesline to the back of his head with an elbow. Just stuff that don't need to be in basketball. And, and like I said, I, I have promoted this kid. If you hadn't seen Alec Flanagan play this year in the SEC, you're missing a star. I'm taking it back. And that kind of style don't need to be in basketball. Uh, but all in all, Stan, really good game on the road again for the Gamecocks and Lamont Paris. Yep. Team held down. Um, I figured after that little knockdown there would be some retaliation, but they were just like every time there was a foul inside, they held their hands up. You know, The one thing I did like about old Frank, he might have sent somebody after that guy. Probably that's not going to happen now, but <laughs> all in all, good win on the road for the Gamecocks, and that's the one we needed coming off a loss. It, it, well, and they looked better. They looked like they were back to the South Carolina that had had that winning streak up to the two-game losing streak. Uh, that last game against LSU, we let it get away from us. We did some uncharacteristic things. I think Coach Parrish pointed those out to the guys. 
got them some rest. They looked a little leg tired in that game with LSU. To me, um, some and just call it what it is, dumb mistakes and uh, maybe a little clock watching kind of deal. But they put that, they were able to flush those two games, go on the road to a tough environment. Ole Miss is a tough environment, and they've got a quality team down there this year. Took control of the game early in the first half and just once they got up that 14 to 16 points, that's where it stayed. Let's say they, they, after that. they continued to play the defense. They continued to rebound, to get steals, to, to and hit shots. You know, take it deep in the clock and hit a shot. And so you come out of there with a big time win. Now, I don't know if they consider that a quad one or a quad two. I mean, I, <laughs> I can't figure out. You won't know until you, whenever yeah, you yeah, actually see it. See it. Yeah, I mean. Um, well, then we'll probably argue about that. Yeah. And now, you know, and now we – that was Saturday. Uh, you get back home. You got to go to Texas A&M for a Wednesday night game. And then you come back from Texas A&M, and then you've got Florida coming in Saturday. I mean, that's going to be a tough two days, especially the way Florida – but Florida has been their last, I think – Five out of the last six games have been at home, like something high. like that. So maybe coming on the road, um, coming into CLA, know it'll be a packed house. Uh, we can hopefully we can win that one. Uh, I, I won't. I don't want to look past Texas A and M though. That's a team that can beat you, and um, we got to go out there and play our style of basketball. And, and I love yeah, A&M style because they got Coach uh, Buzz out there too. Yeah. He's a fun guy to watch. He's a fun defense to go against. So it'd be a, it's a little bit different type of game than what we're used to. Yeah, they, they've almost taken the approach of an old Kentucky style with Buzz at the helm, and uh, I think that's going to be exciting. And I think that'll be a very tough game for the Gamecocks. And that's what we need to win as a road win. Yeah, just go out there like you just did, man. You're on the road. Chris Beard's a great coach at Ole Miss. You're going against a really good coach there. you got really good players at A&M. Hadn't heard a whole lot about them, but they have beat A&M. They have beat Kentucky twice. So that's that's something you got to look at. Anybody who beats Kentucky twice, you got to look at them and say mm-hmm. they're a team that's legit. So, Well, over or under for the Texas A&M game, 120. <laughs> I think for us to win, I think it needs to be under. Yeah. I think it needs to be under. I think we need to go out and play defense. They play defense. Well, well, they play defense, but if we put up 70 and we play mm-hmm. our normal defense, we're going to hold them to under 60, so we should win by 10. That's actually a pretty good line number right there. Because yeah. I was going to say like 75, 70 yeah. if I had to pick it. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now the game guys really got to go out and play some defense and yeah. just hit, you know, hit the free throws like they're doing. They're hitting them just like the girls are. And that's when I think the game before with the loss. They they shot really bad from the from yeah. the line, yeah. and they corrected that this last game. They shot pretty well from the line. They were well, about 70%. and I think that comes from just being tired over the season, and uh, that that week off. I think that week off, not having a game last week, uh, mentally, physically, everything. And now, yeah, we still still practiced. You know, they did, but uh, maybe he, Lamont did give them a. Light workout. They had a day off. Day. They had know, a day, day off. He said, y'all go out and do what you need to do because you got one day yeah, off. Yeah. So. And, and came back in and went back to work. And um, it showed in the game Saturday. 
All right, uh, one final thought here. Uh, congrats to the Erskine women's beach volleyball team. They end up with their first big win in the. Uh, Wait a minute. Yeah, in the over in Lagrange, they ended oh. up beating them at the Barry Beach Bash. Now, where in the world is this going? Is this going to take place at Due West? Do you know? Do this was this was at May uh, Mount Barry, well, Georgia's. It was in Lagrange, yeah. But I mean, when they but, play their home matches, they going to be by the swimming pool. Oh, where yeah, where are they going to do the volleyball know. at and Due the, West? The beach volleyball, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's right there, almost that, in front of the. Uh, well, the we we'll have to go okay. check it out. I, I want to start in Columbia, but I saw it. They are closer, and they are Lakeland, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to get you to those. And it's probably free to get in. Anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be free for Tom Carroll no matter what, yeah. man. If it's at Columbia, you got Coastal going to be stay at least ten five, and everywhere else it's going to be the Tom Carroll. So. Yeah, I got Miss Venables who is uh, at Tusculum. She is in her senior. Okay. Year beach volleyball over there, and I saw where they ended up winning both their matches over the weekend. Yeah, so. I mean, congrats, congrats on that. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I want to thank Howard Corley and the staff here at for, uh, Howard's on Main for all the effort. I had the uh, the fifty two, as I called it. Basically, it's just the hot ham and cheese cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is on sourdough bread, if you want to ask for it. That's how you get it um, in the process. But great food, great f- uh, family of uh, folks that are here, and great entertainment on the weekends. Frozen 52 is what you're calling it. <laughs> Frozen 52. <laughs> I love it. All right. Enjoy the games. We'll be back on Thursday. Going to highlight the big matchup, Clemson, Carolina, and baseball. That'll be the main story that we'll be talking about this coming Thursday. Make sure to join us. I'm Tom Carroll. He's Chris Cox. We've got Stan Spivey, the coach, here with us. We'll see you again on Thursday. Enjoy your week.